It's 6 p.m. and you are tuned to your community radio station, KVMR FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, September 3rd, 2021. I'm Kelly Reese and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. After an update on the currently raging Caldor fire, the California Report checks in on Santa Cruz residents who lost their homes in last year's CZU fire and are now having difficulty rebuilding due to strict county geology inspections. We'll take a brief look at entertainment news and weather before a special report from Belton Pruitt, Nevada County Sheriff Shannon Moon, and Nevada County Sheriff's Office Lieutenant Rob Jacobs on the county's new emergency evacuation system, Zone Haven. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Improved weather conditions are helping firefighters in their battle against the Caldor Fire near Lake Tahoe. The blaze is now about 27% contained. What we have going on now is we've had a change in the pattern to much lighter winds across the fire. And we expect this lighter wind regime to remain in place Friday into Saturday and possibly even into Sunday. That's Cal Fire meteorologist Jim Dudley, but he warns that dry conditions are still an issue in the firefight, and officials say the Caldor Fire still threatens at least 32,000 homes and other structures. More than 600 homes have already been destroyed, and more than 300 square miles have been charred by the blaze. Thousands of people remained evacuated from their homes, including the entire city of South Lake Tahoe. Cal Fire's Dusty Martin says there's no word yet about when evacuation orders will be lifted. We are reevaluating those multiple times throughout every day, and it is our top priority to get the community members back into their community. The South Lake Tahoe Police Department says two men were arrested on Wednesday on suspicion of looting. Both men were discovered by deputies from the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Office, one of several law enforcement agencies helping to patrol the area. Statewide, more than 15,000 firefighters are battling dozens of other blazes in California, including the Dixie Fire, about 65 miles north of the Caldor Blaze. That fire, now weeks old, is 55% contained, and it's destroyed nearly 700 homes. Like so many other fire-scarred areas, one year after wildfires devastated communities in the Santa Cruz Mountains, residents are still struggling. One problem? Strict county building codes that stop fire victims from rebuilding quickly. As KAZU's Jeremiah Edding reports, new rules could soon cut through the red tape. Watch your step. This got destroyed during debris removal, so it can be a little slippery on Tonia Bradford is showing me around her property near Boulder Creek. Charred redwood trees stretch into the sky, towering over the brick foundation where her home once stood. The trees survived last year's CZU fires and are providing much needed shade on this hot mid-August day. But Bradford's home was destroyed and a new home has yet to replace it. We're trying to make do and survive. A year after the CZU fires destroyed her home, Bradford still hasn't received the green light from Santa Cruz County to rebuild. And she's not alone. 911 homes were lost in the fires. And so far, the county has issued just 31 building permits for single-family homes. But a recent move by Santa Cruz County supervisors might expedite the process. They committed to relieving some of the pressure on fire survivors stuck in what, for many, is the biggest hurdle to rebuilding, the geology inspection. That slope right there that you see which is completely inundated with trees. and is more Like many properties in the Santa Cruz Mountains, Bradford's home was built on a historic debris flow, an area where fast-moving landslides occurred sometime in the past. That could have been hundreds, even thousands of years ago. 
but that means the debris flow could happen again in the future. The current county building codes require that she mitigate those hazards. Bradford's general contractor said it would cost her $25,000 to do so. Jeff Nolan, the county geologist, said for some other properties, mitigations could cost in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Bradford says the rules need to change. She doesn't believe fire survivors should have to mitigate for hazards that already existed on the land before the fire. For many fire survivors already struggling to rebuild, the current requirements are prohibitively time-consuming and expensive. We're exhausted. I'm, I'm personally exhausted. I just wish that they would find ways to alleviate some of the stressors that are being put on us. And she's not the only one. At an emotionally charged county supervisor's meeting last week, Bradford and other fire survivors demanded the county ease up on the geology requirements. My kids want to go home. I want to go home. I lost everything. Please stop taking this from me. But we have hundreds of families in this situation, and we can get out of this geo hell with a bit of prudent leadership. Please consider to allow us to rebuild our homes without evaluating and mitigating these geological hazards. The Board of Supervisors unanimously agreed something needs to be done to help fire survivors. So now the county staff are working to adjust these requirements. Dave Reed is a senior analyst at OR3, the county's Office of Response, Recovery, and Resilience. We want to try and thread that difficult needle between life safety and property safety and their need to get back onto their property and into their homes. But threading the needle may be easier said than done. Jeff Nolan, the Santa Cruz County geologist, says changing the county code raises complex legal questions. And the codes were created to keep people safe. Relaxing them comes with a risk. If three years down the road, somebody's family gets washed down the San Lorenzo River, there's going to be some questions. Is why weren't these people re- required to develop a, a site safely? But there is an alternative in the works. Community scale mitigations. A comprehensive debris flow study is underway in the Santa Cruz Mountains that will identify major hazards across the landscape. The county could use that data to construct barriers and other mitigations that would protect entire neighborhoods from hazards, like debris flows. The community scale protections would add some peace of mind for residents who waive the geologic hazards requirement, an option Bradford hopes will be on the table in the near future. Hey, this feels positive, and it does, but I'm also like a little jaded at this point, you know? So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. The planning department and OR3 are expected to bring some options to the Board of Supervisors no later than September 14th. Until then, fire survivors will continue to wait, unsure of what will happen next. For the California Report, I'm Jeremiah Edding in Santa Cruz. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. Blue Shield of California, rebuilding the future of health care with every Californian in mind. From quality and equitable care to not-for-profit values. Learn more at news.blueshieldca.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. 
And that's the California Report for this Friday, September 3rd. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Katie McMurrin, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Tobin Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great Labor Day weekend. In local entertainment news, Nevada City's First Fridays Art Walk is now underway as I speak. Enjoy Nevada City's thriving art community as both established and emerging artists showcase their talents in the form of crafts, foods, music, and more. Blue Egyptian is playing on Commercial Street. The four-piece band performs Latin rhythms with a bit of soul and funk mixed in. Nevada County Transit has opened online voting for their public art installations featuring 11 Nevada County buses. The project hopes to highlight art that exemplifies the cultural diversity, love for the outdoors, and creativity of the community. Local artists had previously submitted work to be featured on the buses. Nevada County Transit says for the designs to truly reflect the county, community participation is a must. You can vote for your favorite piece of art online at mynevadacounty.com slash busart. And now for regional weather and your air quality index. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight, widespread haze with areas of patchy smoke with a low around 58. Tomorrow, widespread haze and patchy smoke, then sunny with a high near 90. Sunday will be sunny with a high near 92. It's been a long while since I've said this, but current air quality is good, with an AQI of 30. Tomorrow, sadly, we're back to unhealthy for sensitive groups with a potential AQI of 108. Sunday, unhealthy for sensitive groups with a potential AQI of 106. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight, widespread haze and smoke with a low around 43. Tomorrow, the haze and smoke continues with a high near 82. Sunday, you guessed it, widespread haze and areas of smoke, sunny with a high near 85. Current air quality is unhealthy, with an AQI of 175. Tomorrow, very unhealthy, with a potential AQI of 259. Sunday, very unhealthy as well, with a potential AQI of 268. The National Weather Service warns of hazardous weather conditions for the Truckee-Tahoe region. Smoke will fill portions of the Tahoe Basin and settle into some western Nevada valleys during the overnight and early morning hours. And for our friends to the south in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight, mostly clear with a low around 58. Tomorrow, sunny and hot with a high near 96. Sunday will be sunny and hot as well with a high near 99. Current air quality is moderate with an AQI of 95. Tomorrow and Sunday are both moderate as well, with a potential AQI fluctuating between 76 and 90. Nevada County has a pivotal new device in its toolkit for wildfire and emergency preparedness. Up ahead, Felton Pruitt, Nevada County Sheriff Shannon Moon, and Nevada County Sheriff's Office Lieutenant Rob Jacobs partake in an in-depth discussion of the county's new emergency evacuation system, Zone Haven. We're talking with a couple folks, Nevada County Sheriff Shannon Moon. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having us. And Lieutenant Rob Jacobs from the Nevada County Sheriff's Office. Thank you, Rob. 
Yeah, good evening, Felton. Thank you for having us on. So let's let's just dig into it right away. People have heard about this a lot in the last month or so here with all the fires we've had in Nevada County. What exactly is Zone Haven? Well, Zone Haven is a new tool that we've adopted here in Nevada County. Uh, it's a situational awareness tool for folks so that they can understand areas that are being evacuated during any type of an emergency. Uh, of course, wildfire is one of our biggest threats here in Nevada County, so that's what we've used it for so far. Uh, but really, it can be used for any type of a disaster where we might have to evacuate people from an area. Uh, it's a it's a common operating picture tool, meaning everybody sees the same thing. Uh, that goes for law enforcement and fire managers that are actually managing the incident and sending resources to the incident. And it's also for the public at large so that they too can see those exact same areas that are being impacted and they can see that in real time. So there's no delay in getting that information out to the public. Could you say that it's, it's almost like a jigsaw puzzle? If you took Nevada County, it's got little jigsaw pieces there and you've got to put them together and each one is a little zone and that's then people need to figure out what zone they're in. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, it's uh, currently the way that we have the system configured is Nevada County's broken into 250 different zones. They're geographic zones. Uh, we like to call them smart zones. Uh, we sat down with the creator of this product, Zone Haven, and we actually spent a number of weeks with our law enforcement fire partners going through each and every zone and looking at the boundaries to make sure that those zones were right for the areas. Uh, they weren't too big. They weren't too small. We didn't have too many folks in any one zone, and we wanted to make sure that we had you know, maximum ingress and egress ways in and out of these zones. I noticed that the zones have different prefixes at the beginning, GS or NC or whatever. Could you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the prefix, the three-digit prefix in front, uh, it's intended to give people a, a quick understanding of where the evacuation might be occurring. Uh, for instance, GRS is the acronym for Grass Valley. NEV is the acronym for Nevada City, TRK for Truckee. It's a way for folks to, when they see these zones being evacuated, if they get that through a text message or if they hear it over the radio, they can quickly identify what area of the county those evacuations might be occurring in. So that was three prefixes. Are there more? There are. So there's NEV, or I'm sorry, NCO, which is Nevada County Unincorporated, and then we have CSP, which is California State Parks. So I might know that I live on Broad Street in Nevada City, but I might also then know what zone that is. Correct. That's the idea. That's the important thing. Because when an emergency situation jumps up, you don't have a lot of time to think or prepare. It's just uh, react mainly, which I guess would go more to uh, Sheriff's Moon side of the thing then. Yeah, the, the sooner we can get that information out and have the public have that information, the, the faster people can get out. And then we can even uh, give that, that warning and that order to more people. Uh, and when we're in those chaotic scenes uh, in, in joint command with our fire partners, uh, the, the, the first thing we start looking at is what, how fast can we get this message out? So already having pre-planned zones, uh, it, it really is a deal breaker for efficiencies. When did Zone Haven actually start being implemented? Was it beginning of this year? So our conversations with Zone Haven actually began just prior to the Jones Fire last year in 2020. Uh, unfortunately, it was about a week before the Jones Fire, so we, we certainly didn't have time to, to stand that system up for that fire. 
But after the Jones fire, uh, we definitely, we felt the pain of having to create evacuation zones on the fly. Uh, so we went back and recontacted Zone Haven and told them we were very interested in their product. Uh, so those conversations continued and we eventually signed a contract with them. Uh, they had actually secured a two-year grant uh, that allowed us free of charge to work with them for two years. And essentially, it covers all the cost of implementation, uh, dozens of meetings with them, you know, developing out these zones and, you know, building out our, our communication strategy and how we're going to message this out to the public. Uh, we actually really started work in January of this year. And then this product actually went live and we implemented it with the public in about mid-spring of this year. So this product's really only been live now for a few months and we've already used it a handful of times. Can you tell us uh, anything about how the zones were created themselves? What kind of work and process went into that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would describe it as a hugely collaborative effort. Uh, in the Office of Emergency Services, we, we coordinated the effort, but we certainly worked with every single public safety agency in Nevada County, from the local to the state, all the way to the federal level. So we worked with every uh, small fire district here in Nevada County. We worked with our partners at CAL FIRE at the state level. And really what it was, was it was, it was a bunch of meetings where we got together virtually because of COVID. Uh, we met, uh, I was meeting every day with different teams. Uh, we broke it up basically by fire district. And depending on who had who had uh, a stake in the game for that zone, whether it was the California Highway Patrol or CAL FIRE or the fire district uh, or state parks, we would meet with them and we would go zone by zone through those areas of the county. And we would look at that zone to make sure that it was right for that area. Uh, highly, highly dense areas, densely populated areas, obviously got smaller zones so that we could manage the population there. We could manage the, the ingress and egress routes. Uh, but we made sure that everybody agreed on it because everybody has a different perspective. Uh, law enforcement's looking at it from the perspective of evacuation, whereas fire is looking at it from the perspective of what is the fire behavior? What, what do they anticipate the fire might do? So a lot of the zone creation was kind of hypothetical, theoretical, uh, but thus far it's it's been proven to be extremely valuable. Uh, the zones have worked out very well as far as controlling the numbers of folks who are messaged and, and who need to leave these areas. We've been talking with uh, Nevada County Sheriff Shannon Moon and Lieutenant Rob Jacobs from the Nevada County Sheriff's Office. All right, now to the big uh, $64 million question. How do residents find out what zone they are in? So we've, we've done everything we can to make this as simple as possible for folks. Uh, it's really a three-step process. We ask people to visit Zone Haven's website at community.zonehaven.com. Uh, in the upper left-hand corner, you're going to see a search bar. We ask people to enter their address, their home address, into that bar and hit enter. That's going to zoom them into their zone. It's going to show them where exactly their house is in that zone, and it's going to provide a pop-up window with additional information about that zone. In that pop-up window, they're going to see their zone number. So we ask them to write that down. So we need them to visit Zone Haven. We need them to search for their address and then write their zone down when they find it. And will there be a printout where people might be able to then go, like right now you can go there and find out what's, where you, the zones that are being evacuated, but then one of the things we've been dealing with at KVMR is going and writing down all the names of the streets in that particular zone. Has that been created? Is there now a printout that we can go on the web and find out exactly what streets are in each zone? No, that's a great question. It's a question that we've been getting a lot lately, uh, especially if folks don't have power or they don't have access to the internet. Uh, they might get the text message saying the zone, but they want to know, well, what zones are around me? Am I close to that zone? Uh, what streets are affected? So we're actually developing a product right now that we're going to be able to put online. Uh, our GIS department, our graphic information systems department, is actually creating some printable maps that are going to be placed on our website, as well as essentially an index of the roads that correspond to those zones. So if folks want to go on there ahead 
ahead of time and print those maps or print that index. They'll have that information readily available. They can put it in their go bag. They can put it in their glove box of their vehicle so they have it when they need it. Yeah, that's very vital information. And especially, I would assume, because a lot of streets or roads, they're long. Some of them might go through five or six zones. And some of those zones might be not being evacuated, but some of them might be. Absolutely. And again, that's another advantage of the of the zone-based system. Uh, say you live on a, a thoroughfare that does transcend four different zones. If we were just to message out the name of the street, one might get pretty confused and they might have to dig further to find out whether they're affected. If we evacuate by zone and you've already determined what zone you live in, then it takes that question out. You know exactly whether or not you are or are not impacted. And evacuation tags, you want to discuss them a little bit. Certainly. So the Sheriff's Evacuation Tag Program was a program that we instituted last year. Uh, again, it's, a, it's another low-tech, uh, simple way for us to partner with the community. Uh, the evacuation tag is a, it's a Tyvek-type tag that we provide free of charge to all residents here in Nevada County, regardless of whether you live in the city or out in the county. Uh, what we ask you to do with this tag is to hang that tag outside your residence somewhere conspicuous to where when law enforcement's driving through these neighborhoods, we can quickly identify whether or not you've left your home. Uh, in doing this, you're actually helping us to expedite the evacuation process. Uh, if we see that there's a tag at your house, we know that we don't have to necessarily stop there and knock on the door. We can move on to the next house where maybe your neighbor hasn't gotten the message and doesn't know. So it really is that partnership between law enforcement and the community to help us speed up the, the notice for evacuations. Well, I think the most important thing that we've come out of here, and we should repeat again, is how do people find out what zone they're in and where their street is? So why don't we repeat that information for them? Certainly. Uh, if you have access to the internet, I would say visit community.zonehaven.com. Enter your address in the search bar. It'll pop up a pop-up window that has the zone number on it. We ask that you write that number down, enter it into your cell phone, Pick up one of our free magnets that we're offering at a variety of locations, the libraries here at the sheriff's office, a variety of fire stations. Write that number down so that you commit it to memory, so that you recognize it. Um, and if you don't have access to the Internet, uh, you can always call the sheriff's office. Uh, we'll help you find it. You can contact 211. 211 can look up your zone for you and provide that information to you to where you can write it down. Okay. I was thinking, too, are, is, can we go to the public library and get this information? Are there other places to get this where if you don't have Internet access? Libraries are, are wonderful locations for that. In fact, we have large poster maps up at the libraries. Uh, if, if, again, if you have access to technology, you can scan the QR code. It'll take you out to Zone Haven's website. Uh, but if not, the libraries do provide uh, a free internet access, and you can look it up right there. All right. What else would you like folks to know about Zone Haven? I, I, think, I think the other thing to, to think about when you're looking up your zone on your personal house is also maybe checking those zones for your parents. Uh, checking those zones for where you work. Uh, uh, Bennett Fire, we have, you know, middle of the day w during a work week, uh, we have lots of people that don't live in, in that Bennett Fire area, but that worked in that area. And if you don't know your zone where you work, uh, you may not recognize when, when you hear that zone go out. Uh, so just that situational awareness of everywhere. Uh, we say know your five when we start thinking about evacuations and making sure that you check on your five uh, closest friends or neighbors. But you can also, you know, check that for, for family members that, that live in the county. Zone Haven is in several different counties as well. We're not the only county that has Zone Haven. So you, you could check uh, Zone Haven to maybe a, a family member that lives out of Nevada County in, in a different county to see um, 
where where they are and, and maybe check in with with your family. So it, again, it's a it's a situational awareness that uh, we're really seeing a lot of uh, the our community really taking uh, these warnings to heed because of the the new normal that we have here in in Northern California with wildfire. Is there anything else you wanted to add, uh, Lieutenant Jacobs? I think the sheriff did a great job wrapping it up. Uh, we just want people to to know that Zone Haven exists and to find and know their zone, uh, but at the same time appreciate that it's one tool in the tool bag. We need people to have multiple ways to get information during an emergency uh, and not to rely on any one tool, but certainly start by knowing your zone. Yeah. All right. We've been talking with Nevada County Sheriff Shannon Moon and Lieutenant Rob Jacobs from the Nevada County Sheriff's Office. Folks, remember, these people are here to help you and at one and at some point probably help you save your life. So thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's our newscast for tonight. You can listen to the extended version of the full 30-minute Zone Haven discussion, which includes more information on the county's new emergency evacuation tool on our webpage, kvmr.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. KVMR gets support from the Nevada City Farmers Market every Saturday from 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. in Union Alley through November. Featuring sustainably grown food from local farmers, crafts, artisanal offerings, and live music. EBT accepted, ncfarmersmarket.org. Stick around. At 6.30, we have the California Report magazine. In this episode, science reporter Danielle Venton speaks to members of one of the largest tribes in California, the Karuk tribe. They discuss the profound effects of the suppression of cultural burning and indigenous fire management techniques. Then at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. Thanks for listening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Have a great weekend and a wonderful Labor Day.